this is WTM Watch This Movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. WTM. Watch this movie. Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. That it is. And joining me once again is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. Call me Lone Wolf. I think very highly of myself. And I've also earned it. Mm hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So, we got a lot of things in the oven here. Got a lot of things going on. We got our current slate of movies. Are you are you trying to reference that Gretel and Hansel comes out next week? <laughs> that it does, although I only reason I remember that is because I think you were looking at showtimes for your second job, your A-list status. I think I got a ticket for that one. Because that one comes out next week and uh, the rhythm section comes out next week, which I am... Way too excited for that movie, and I don't know why. Which one is that one again? It's the one with uh, Blake Lively, where her family was killed in a plane crash, but it turned out it was a bomb, and now she's got to get revenge. Mm. And there's a scene in the trailer <laughs> where she says uh, to a guy, she goes, uh, I'm going to bring closure to you. And he says, how are you going to do that? And she says, violently. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're on board, huh? I'm on board. There's a pretty, uh, pretty cool song in the trailer too, and I feel like that's part of why I, I, I'm hooked on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I I should probably temper my expectations. Yeah, I would if I were you. <laughs> but no, we have. Uh, we're right in the middle of our uh, slate of movies talking about films that we watched in our youth many and many a times mm-hmm. and are quite fond of we just uh, posted adventures in babysitting we're going to do ghostbusters next week followed by a uh, little big league and teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah big stuff it's original and we also have the oscars coming up nominations came out hashtag oscar so white yeah last week they came out <laughs> And then uh, we'll also have our top 10 of the year episode coming out before the Oscars. Yeah. As well as our Oscar predictions. Holy smokes. Yeah. And we're going to bet again, like Jones and I did last year, where we bet the winner got to pick the sound clip for the loser for five episodes. Mm-hmm. Pick whatever you want. Uh, I'll, I'll find something nice for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure you're using uh, hyperbole there, but... Uh, <laughs> Because the object is to kind of pick the opposite of nice. Well, we'll see. I I think it'll be nice. <laughs> it'll be nice, or, or will it be nice? <laughs> <laughs> be looking out for those episodes coming up. Once we kind of do another recently seen with an Oscar prediction, uh, we'll post our ballots on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We'll make everything a fish. 
And then we'll also do our top 10 of the year episode. I don't, I don't want to make everything a fish. I don't even like fish. Yeah, well, we'd probably actually do the predictions with our top 10 of the year episode. I think that's what we've done in the past. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of nominees made my top 10. Yeah. Just a couple. Not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, today is a recently seen episode, so let's get on with it. All right. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Well, I saw a little film called Marriage Story. Best Picture nominee, Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. I think Netflix original. I think uh, almost every movie we're talking about is a best, best picture nominee. Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Directed by Noah Bobbach. Also written by Noah Bobbach. Starring Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson, Julia Greer. Oh God, they uh, dot build cast my ass. Julia Greer is third build and she is street solicitor number one. Oh, it's probably in... uh, It's credit order now. Yeah, it's probably uh, order of appearance. Uh, Ezzy Robertson, Wallace Shawn, Matthew Marr, Ray Liotta, Laura Dern. That's about it. Robert Smigel. He's the mediator. Okay. I don't think I recognized him. I don't know if I would have known to recognize him or even thought... He's shown up some, uh, in some uh, Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know the last thing I saw him in. Mm-hmm. I've not thought about him in a long time. But you know his writing, though. Wasn't well, he uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog? The Cowardly Dog. He Courage the Insult Comic Dog. Not Courage. What the fuck's his name? The Insult Comic Triumph. Dog. Triumph. Yeah. I'm fucking confused. Boy, I feel like a horse's patoot. <laughs> George is getting upset. <laughs> Let's see. Obviously, he's written on Saturday Night Live for a very long time. Oh, yeah. He was in Little Nicky, Punch Drunk Love. He wrote on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. Uh, he's done a lot of voices. He's in a bunch of other Adam Sandler movies, like The Do-Over and Happy Gilmore. Hmm. But most famous for writing on SNL, probably. Yeah. The Jack and Triumph show is in the background here, so hmm. I'm guessing he at least had something to do with that, if not the voice. It just isn't one of the known-for things at the beginning of his filmography. Strange. Anywho, synopsis of Marriage Story. Noah Baumbach's incisive and compassionate look at a marriage breaking up and a family staying together. Spoilers. <laughs> Incisive and compassionate. I guess. Those are uh, awfully subjective adjectives <laughs> to put in a synopsis. There's a, well, the second one synopsis on here is written by Netflix. So oh, I could have went my. with that one. <laughs> Actually, the first one was written by Netflix, too. Well, they have two on here. And then there's a third written by May Moreno, but that one's... Like two paragraphs long. Hey, why is it, who are these people putting these long ass synopses on? Uh, I don't know on IMDb. <laughs> Half of them have Yahoo.com email addresses. <laughs> Watch this movie at Yahoo.com. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I finally watched Marriage Story. 
I'm not a huge Noah Baumbach fan. I haven't seen a lot of his work. Didn't you love it though? But what, what <laughs> I what I have seen of his work, uh, I did not like. I've seen Greenberg. I'll never watch that again. That was horrible. I thought. Everyone always talks about the squid and the whale as a must see, but I've yet to see it. It's really heavy. The squid yeah. and the whale, the whale is super heavy. And I knew this would be heavy, but uh, no, I watched it anyways. I got to watch all the nominees. This and Marriage Story is much lighter than The Squid and the Whale. Much lighter. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, maybe it wasn't quite as heavy as I thought it was going to be, but still pretty heavy. You know, yeah. It's about a marriage falling apart. Powerhouse performances from Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. I could see why they were nominated. Yeah, they're uh, they did a good job with it, but it definitely seemed to me like tailor made for the Oscar voting audience. There's a lot of long monologues and you know things like that uh, that really give them a lot of time to kind of show their acting skills as the characters. Um, and that definitely helps in uh, getting nominated. Yeah. But, I mean, they did a good job with it. Mm-hmm. Other performances were good in there. Laura Dern was good as usual. It was fun to see Ray Liotta in there. Loved Ray Liotta in there. That uh, The child actor was pretty good as well. I guess I didn't uh, notice if he was good or not. You know yeah. what pissed me off? Mm-hmm. Is... Uh, at the beginning they show him playing Monopoly and he seems all right with it. And then later he is functionally illiterate, but he's eight years old, which apparently became, it, it ends he up. He can read numbers, just not letters. It, it <laughs> becomes a very, uh, I don't say very, not necessarily very, but it's a, it's a pretty important plot point that he has, uh, reading struggles. Yeah. But when, the way they started it off, it seemed a little strange, like when he couldn't read Advanced to Illinois Avenue, and then he didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. That, that, Parents are helping him out with the game. But that kind of bugged me. It was like, well, he seemed all right before, and now he can't read? <laughs> <laughs> like, did you know he couldn't read when you did that montage at the beginning? Perhaps not. So, Or maybe... Like I said, he was just getting a lot of help from his parents. Yeah. He's just rolling the dice Although and losing the and His parents were pretty mad when they lost. Yeah. Well, they're being honest. <laughs> they're not going <laughs> to lie and read something else so that they win, beat the kid. I suppose. So, yeah, solid drama. If you're into that, definitely check this out. I will give it a soonish. Soonish. I'll give it eventually. All right. Eventually. Any other thoughts on Marriage Story? No, I, it was it was more uh, entertaining than I expected it to be. I enjoyed it more than I expected to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really well made, um, but uh, uh, just not as soonish for me. It's just an eventually. Mm-hmm. I have to figure to give you a little more time because you've seen Marriage Story and the next movie I'm going to talk about. But why don't you carry on with your next film? Well, you you saw this one and talked about it a while ago. Yep. And it finally came to a theater near me, now that it is a Best Picture nominee (laughs) for uh, for the year of 2019 
and it's called Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Directed by Taika Watiti, stars Roman Griffin Davis, Thomas and McKenzie, Scarlett Johansson, Taika Watiti, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Alfie Allen, Stephen Merchant, Archie Yates. And the synopsis is, uh, it's a bit of a spoiler, so uh, it's a young boy and Hitler's army finds out that a Jewish girl is hiding in their home. I took something out of that to avoid a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a uh, comedy drama. And there's a pretty hard the line. dramedy. It's a pretty hard line between where the comedy ends and the drama begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't know exactly what to expect going into this. I wasn't sure if it was something that I would like or not, because it seemed, I don't know. It's its really hard to juggle those two genres together and make it come out as a, a good quality film, I feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, you know, like I said, there's a there's a real hard turn in the tone of the movie. The comedic stuff was actually very good. I, I really thought it was funny. Uh, the dramatics uh, section of the film was pretty heavy uh, in a lot of ways, and uh, and I thought they did that well. As uh, also, Scarlett Johansson just specializing in the heavy this year. <laughs> At least half of it. Mm-hmm. One and a half. Yeah, she's. Well, I mean, she's pretty charming in half a Jojo Rabbit, and also in half a Marriage Story. And in in Endgame, didn't she eat a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> she eat it or she make it? Well, I hope she didn't make it because that's reinforcing negative gender stereotypes. Black Widow doesn't make her own sandwiches. You know, she's not black or a widow mm-hmm. or a spider. <laughs> so. no uh jojo rabbit like uh you know i thought it was i was, thought it was pretty good i don't think i liked it as much as some people like it like some people really rave about it uh sam rockwell was great rebel wilson was pretty funny in this you know she's pretty over the top mm-hmm. they really kind of skewer the uh the Nazi characters make them uh, seem kind of uh, dim-witted in a lot of ways. Uh, You're kidding. And it's it's over the top, but it's, uh, you know, it's uh, they do a pretty good job with it. Uh, Taika Waititi was fantastic as uh, the imaginary, imaginary Hitler. Mm-hmm. I thought the, the, the two main kids... Uh, Thomas and McKenzie and uh, what's his name? Griffin Davis. I think so. The new Home Alone kid? No, that's Archie Yates is the new Home Alone. Roman Griffin Davis. I thought they worked really well together in their scenes. But like I said, it's uh, I didn't like it as much as a lot of people seem to, uh, but uh, it's still worth checking out eventually. Eventually. All right. I'm going to talk about another movie that we've both just recently seen. 1917 from 2019. Directed by Sam Mendes. Hey, did you know that's a Best Picture nominee? <laughs> that it is. 
also written by Sim. I always used to say Mendez. I think I've also heard Mendes. Have you heard I don't Mendes? Know. I I assume it's Mendez, but that could be different because he's yeah. British. Yeah. So it might be Sam Mendes, uh, written by Sam Mendes and Christy Wilson Cairns, starring Dean Charles Chapman, George McKay, Daniel Mays, Colin Firth, Andy Apollo, Pip Carter, Paul Tinto, uh, Billy Postlethwaite, must be the son of the late, is it Pete Postlethwaite? I have no idea who that is. Uh... You recall the town? I know the of town. it. I know of it. <laughs> You've never seen the town? No. It's been, it's been uh, one of those ones where I put it on my DVR and my favorites list and I never watch it. I see. I've heard rave reviews <laughs> about the town. I just haven't uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, Pete Postlethwaite. I heard they dress up as nuns. Yes. Uh, in The Usual Suspects. He was Kobayashi. Yeah, so it's like been the, forever since like I've the seen the lawyer that. who worked for Kaiser Soze. Okay, kind of right hand man, basically. All right, I work for Mister Soze. <laughs> uh, he's also in The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Inception, Clash of the Titans. I'm sure y'all, you are all over that. I've seen Inception. He was the dad. God, what's his face? They have to get the son to reconnect <laughs> with his dad. <laughs> okay, the Inception. So he's the dad. Right. He's the dad that died. So I've seen him and stuff. I just don't remember him. Yep. He's a distinguished character actor on stage, TV, and film. I feel weird about rewatching The Usual Suspects these days. And I guess he died in 2011, so not really recently. <laughs> it's so weird how long ago that was now, isn't it? Yep. Don't you feel old, listeners? I'm sure they do. 2011 was nine years ago. All right. Back to 1917. Uh, Andrew Scott is also in this. And Mark Strong. I started to giggle when I saw Mark Strong on screen since I'd just seen him in The Brothers Grimsby. <laughs> <laughs> He's like serious, you know, British officer. And should, we, should we spoil who the uh, the commanding officer at the end is? I saw somebody got mad because Ryan Johnson made a joke tweet about how 1917 was shot in one take. And uh, so Benedict Cumberbatch had to just chill in character for for six months until they got to him without screwing up the rest of the movie. (laughs) And some guy was mad that he spoiled that Benedict Cumberbatch is in the movie. Yeah, I don't think that's much of a spoiler. But he's in the trailer. He's all over the trailer. Is he? Yeah. I looked up the trailer. Well, that's definitely not a spoiler. I looked up the trailer. He was in the first. Uh, he does a voiceover, and then you see him in the first like ten seconds of the trailer. Mm-hmm. So Benedict Cumberbatch and Richard Madden. Synopsis: Two young British soldiers during the First World War are given an impossible mission: deliver a message deep in enemy territory that will stop sixteen hundred men and one of the soldiers' brothers from walking straight into a deadly trap. As you mentioned, this is shot to uh, feel like it's all done in one take. And they mostly achieved that. I, I loved it. Yeah. You, you remember Birdman, though? This is nothing new. Yeah, but uh, 
I like this better than Birdman. Yeah. I'm not saying it was new. I'm saying that mm. it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some good uh, tension-building sequences. Performances are good. Cinematography. I think it's Roger Deakins. So. Yeah, the cinematography. The use of music was fantastic. It was amazing. I know it was nominated for Best Cinematography, but let's just make sure it is Roger Deakins. That it is the legendary Roger Deakins, who finally won his Oscar a year, uh, a couple of years ago now, I think, for Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the cinematography. There's a movie I have no interest in. <laughs> There's a movie I'm going to assign you one day. <laughs> I don't know. Does it count that I watched the first one if I slept through uh, about seventy five percent of it? Uh, you might have to watch it again. <laughs> give it another chance. I just don't know what, what version to watch. <laughs> There's too many versions. Yeah, that there is. Back to 1917. Um, I like the effect of the one take. I mean, those are some of my favorite shots in films, the, right. the long takes, the tracking shots. It didn't do as much for me in this film, I guess. I don't know why. Um, I guess maybe the out of the trailers I saw, I thought there'd be more action. Because, like, some of those shots are very impressive, especially right. him running towards the camera and all the bombs are going off. I thought there was going to be a lot of that. Hmm. And it's mostly them walking through trenches. Well, it's you're. It's like you're on the mission with them. Yeah. It's a lot of it's hand. A video game. It's a lot of hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. It's yeah. a lot of handheld cameras following the actors. Uh, and then... You know, a lot of the tension comes from uh, the the intelligence as the enemy has vacated this area, but who the fuck knows? You're mm-hmm. going into no man's land. You're crossing the, the enemy's line. You don't know what's around the corner. So it's it's a lot of tension building. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, there's not a ton of action in there, but it's one of those movies where it's like, even though there's not not a lot of action necessarily, like it'll get your heart racing because mm-hmm. you're like you're right in there and you're fucking, you know, you don't know what's coming around the corner and they do pop a couple surprises on you, yeah. Even if you see it coming, it's like fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of good tension in there. Um, I don't know. I was I guess I was just expecting to like it more than I did, but it was still you know very well made and. A really good movie. I could see why it was nominated for Best Picture. I loved it. I I thought it was amazing. Great acting, great story, great music, great cinematography. That's because you're positive all the time, though. <laughs> you're just so damn positive. It's uh, it's it's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. Ooh, are we getting a uh, an ASAP? <laughs> we'll bury the lead here. You're giving it the ASAP. I'm giving it the ASAP. All right. ASAP. That means now. Well, then I will have to. So I'm kind of in between here, between eventually and as soonish. Wonder if I should just say eventually, because we can meet in the middle at soonish. But if I say soonish, then it's might be. Mm. Although, if this is your number, well, obviously, no spoilers for the top no, ten. Episode. No spoilers for the top ten. <laughs> but if this is your number one uh, favorite film of the year. It will get the ASAP rating, regardless. So, uh, 
I will admit, I, I think I missed like the first 30 seconds of this movie. I don't know. When I came in, the screen was, it was just like over an open field. Hmm. Just like a meadow. And then it kind of cut into the trenches where they're talking. So I don't know if there was like a title card that came up with some print explaining like the setup. It starts with um, like the date. I think it starts with the date. And then they're uh, like taking a nap by a tree. And the guy comes up and says, hey, we need you grab a guy. Come meet us in the uh, okay. in the trenches. Might have missed that. But yeah, the, it started early. I mean, if you if you I have missed, it timed out, and they started a couple minutes early. On if this. you missed that part, I could kind of see where maybe that would diminish a little bit because there's there's some character development there uh, mm-hmm. where they you kind of figure out who the two characters are and what their relationship is as they walk to the the general's uh, quarters. Yeah, so like. That's basically the first thing I'm seeing, and I'm like, okay, I was a bit confused at who they are, what's their relation. Yeah. So it was kind of, uh, and I don't know if that frantic would, from the get go. I, I don't know if that would be a a big enough like deterrent to, or like a big enough uh, problem uh, missing that that it would ruin the rest of the movie or mm-hmm. or lower your enjoyment of the rest of the movie, but it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens. I hate missing you know any part of the movie, so it can throw me off. I'll give it a soonish benefit of the doubt. (laughs) Soonish. I think if you rewatch it, you'll probably like it more. Maybe knowing what you're getting into. Mm. I like the director a lot. I don't know if I've seen any of his other movies. Well, one of these days you're gonna see Skyfall and Spectre pretty soon. I might have to skip a bunch of the Bond movies to, like, assign you the Daniel Craig ones to line up with uh, April, I think, Mm. comes out. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. All right. uh, What else did you watch? Hey, guess what? I went to see a Best Picture nominee. (laughs) Did you? And it's called Little Women. I heard people, people on Twitter that I follow just... Just loved Little Women. It's uh, written and directed by Greta Gerwig, who was not nominated for an Oscar, and it stars didn't uh, hear. <laughs> stars uh, Sarshi Ronan. I think that's how you say it. Sersha Ronan. Sersha Ronan. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson, Florence Pugh, friend of the show, Florence Pugh. <laughs> not really. I wish. Eliza Scanlon. Laura Dern. Everybody loves Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy. She's the original Tony Collette. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I've never said I want to go see that Laura Dern movie. <laughs> well, you never said that about Tony Collette either, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I don't I don't get why everybody loves Laura Dern so much. She was in a lot of uh, heralded indie movies especially in the 80s and early 90s like She's jurassic like, park well like david lynch stuff oh yeah even so blue velvet uh wild at heart that sort of thing uh i'm just gonna stop there with the cast synopsis is joe march reflects back and forth on her life telling the beloved story of the march sisters Four young women, each determined to live life on their own terms. 
back and forth is right. Holy shit, does this jump around in the timeline. <laughs> so you have the opening scene, and then it jumps back seven years. And then from there, like, every scene kind of just is a random period of time. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's, it's, I don't know. I guess it's not that hard to follow, but it's it seemed confusing for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Uh it didn't really. I didn't think it helped the story. Then again, I didn't find the story very interesting myself. It's uh, it's mostly about these. Uh, so it's about these girls, and you know they're all figuring out if they should get married. Who should they, who should they get married to? Do they marry for love? Do they marry for money? Uh, so I don't know. It didn't really appeal to me. Florence Pugh is by far the best part of the movie. Although I'm not... She's sh- always the best part. I don't think she should have got nominated for this performance. She had uh, better performances in other movies this year. Uh, so I don't know why uh, this one is getting so much love. Yeah, it wasn't for me. I, I give Little Women a WTM last resort. Ooh. It's a last resort. All right. Well... This is not a Best Picture nominee, but it is somewhat of a cult classic from what I hear. It is from 1990, Bride of Reanimator. I finally saw it on Shudder. Oh. Yeah. I've heard of that. (laughs) Directed by Brian Usna, starring Jeffrey Combs. He's back. Uh, Bruce Abbott, Claude Earl Jones. Fabiana Udinio, David Gale, also back. He's the head. <laughs> is he related to Wayne? <laughs> no. But there is a documentary about him called The Life and Times of David Gale. <laughs> is it hosted by Wayne? No, it's not even a documentary. It's just a movie starring Kevin Spacey. Oh, God. <laughs> and Kate Winslet. <laughs> uh, Kathleen Kim. Kim Mont, Mel Stewart. That's about it. Synopsis. Doctors Herbert West and Dan Kane, not Dean Kane, mind you. Dan Kane. Oh. Discover the secret to creating human life and proceed to create a perfect woman from dead tissue. Or do they? Ooh. <laughs> I added that last part. <laughs> Did they rip off Frankenhooker? I haven't seen Frankenhooker. That's okay. Yeah, I see it on on demand once in a while. It's probably worth seeing one time. Yeah. Well, big fan of Reanimator. So I've been waiting to watch this because I always see the Arrow uh, special edition. And it's like forty dollars. I'm like, well, I don't. Sometimes I'll take a chance on like a Criterion collection. Yeah. I'm like uh, I guess I'll pay forty to see it for the first time, but didn't want to give the same benefit of the doubt to Bride or Reanimator. <laughs> so waited till it was on Shutter. And uh, not quite as good as, you know, Reanimator, but still a lot of fun. Uh, the special effects and the makeup are just as good as the first one. I got uh, I saw some of the special effects and makeup people involved, like Howard Berger. And then you got Greg Nicotero and Robert Kurtzman, two guys that are you know, involved with The Walking Dead. Did you know that Greg's brother, Nick, used to host the game show Street Smarts? Really? With, no. Is it Nick? 
Not Nick no, Nicotero. Greg Nicotero. What was his brother's name? But his brother hosted Street Smarts. Okay. I don't know if I ever watched that. But uh, yeah, a lot of very creative uh, <laughs> special <laughs> effects and makeup. We'll find his name. I swear it was his brother. Because uh, essentially Jeffrey Combs' character just starts experimenting with putting different body parts on different bodies and animating it. So like eventually the head, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a chain of events that happens, but eventually that head from the first movie, well, he's back. And this time he gets wings attached to his head. So he just flies around. (laughs) (laughs) It was Frank Nicotero. Frank Nicotero. It was the, uh, the host of street smarts. I don't know if he's actually related to Greg. Oh, he's the cousin of Greg Nicotero. But yeah, they could put like a dog leg on a human if they wanted to and, you know, inject that green goo and animate it and that sort of a thing. So there's a lot of fun to be had in here. I don't recall them throwing a cat against the wall, so it immediately took a hit that it didn't have that. Did they at least put one in a sack and throw it in a (laughs) trash heap? Uh, Can't recall now. I almost remember something like a sack they were... Hiding something in, I don't know. That's how to watch uh, it again. That's how not Oscar nominated movie <laughs> Cats starts. Yep, and then it's all downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Bonus review: Cats. WTM? <laughs> never, <laughs> never. <laughs> Bonus review. Um, I'd definitely recommend you go see Brad of Reanimator, especially if you like the first one. Can't remember what I gave the first one. Probably an eventually, but I'll give this one an eventually as well. Eventually. It's a lot of fun. Would you say it goes beyond Reanimator? Indeed it does. Does it go beyond Beyond Reanimator? (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's the third one called again? Beyond Reanimator. That's right. That's the joke. Yeah. I was thinking for for a second it was like an alternate title. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's the third one, yeah. That's the one I used to always see around was Beyond Reanimator. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? is that the a standalone movie? And then I found out, oh, wait, there's another movie called Reanimator. All right. From 2003, Jeffrey Combs needed some work, so he's back. I think that's why I used to see it you know, around, because it was uh, 2003. Well, he spent 13 years in prison. <laughs> um, yeah so now uh, we're to the movie challenge now aren't we we are so last recently seen episode I challenged you to watch a boogie night since you had never seen it so you're going to give a little review here we'll kind of wrap up the show and then if you would like to stick around and listen to more in-depth discussion on boogie nights with spoilers you can just stick around to the end there there you go uh, so, Boogie Nights from 1997 is uh, written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Stars Mark Wahlberg. I said that weird. Mark Wahlberg, Julianne Moore, Burt Reynolds, Luis Guzman, Rico Bueno, John C. Riley, Nicole Ari Parker, Don Cheadle, Heather Graham. Bill Macy, R.I.P., uh, Nina Hartley, Joanna Gleason, any other important ones that you think they're 
that I'm missing. Robert Ridgely as the Colonel. Say Thomas Jane? <laughs> Ricky Jay, Philip Seymour Hoffman. These are also in order of appearance. Mm-hmm. See, so yeah, Thomas Jane's probably farther down. Philip Baker Hall. <laughs> Bookman. <laughs> There's Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane, I, I didn't recognize him. Of course, I, that poor pro- mustache. I've probably only seen him in The Punisher. I don't know <laughs> if I've seen anything else he's done. Seen The Mist? Oh, yeah, I have. Mm-hmm. I wish I hadn't have seen that uh, that last scene before I had actually watched the whole movie. <laughs> that <laughs> it would probably been a little more impactful. <laughs> Robert Downey Sr. is in there. Yep. Jesus, there's a, lot. There's a guy named John Doe. There's an actor named John Doe. Kevin Spacey? <laughs> well, I, I think the colonel is based on Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I guess. And Alfred Molina, I think, is the last big name that uh, you might recognize. All right. Synopsis. The story of a young man's adventures in the California pornography industry of the late 1970s and early 1980s. And that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure is. <laughs> they, don't, they don't disappoint. Yeah. Uh... This is pretty good, you know. I thought uh, it was uh, it was pretty well made, it was very entertaining. Soundtrack is bumping, huh? Oh yeah, like hit after hit, <laughs> all the hits. <laughs> What's funny is uh, you like that, but uh, Suicide Squad is a no. <laughs> yes, Suicide Squad's a no. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like three or four of the most cliched. It's songs. The same thing, but less uh, less nudity. <laughs> no, I thought uh, it's a drama, but it's there's a lot of comedic elements to it. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of funny about it is you have these like A-list top actors who are really good at acting, but they're playing people who <laughs> are bad at acting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's and singing like Mark Wahlberg. Probably not the best singer, but you know he can sing from his days with the Funky Bunch. Well, he's more of a rapper. Yeah. Let's be fair. But even Marky come Mark. Come on, come on. <laughs> Marky Mark is not that bad of a singer as he is in the movie. I, in the one uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch song I know, all he does is yell, come on, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> move it, move it. Got one, bring it, bring it. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, which Mighty Ducks movie is that in? Is that the first one? I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's one Mighty Ducks movie where they go on a shopping spree and Good Vibrations is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's highly entertaining. Really weird dichotomy of seeing good actors pretend to be bad actors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hell of a cast, mm-hmm. you know, for... For Paul Thomas Anderson, having not done a lot before that, to get uh, that kind of cast involved. Was, He'd uh, only done one movie, and it starred Philip Baker Hall. Yeah. Co-starred John C. Riley. Well, I saw in his uh, IMDb, the first uh, directing uh, credit he had was a a short uh, mm-hmm. that was like The Rise and Fall of Dirk Diggler, which I assume this is based on. Yeah. Or expanded off of that. So, yeah, I don't know. 
You know, there's a lot of sleazy characters, a lot of drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Don Cheadle as the cowboy. <laughs> he loves that look. Cowboy. <laughs> so he tries Rick James once. I always, I always, I busted out laughing when I saw him with those Rick James braids. <laughs> like, that was one of the funniest things in the movie. <laughs> Bill Macy just gets cucked over and over again. <laughs> Little Bill? <laughs> little Bill. <laughs> <laughs> little Bill Macy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't think uh, it's something that I would put in, like, my favorites of all time, but uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, so I'll give it an eventually. Ooh. Eventually. You have to watch it more and more, and then you'll realize what <laughs> how good of a time it is to hang out with these characters because you're laughing, you're listening to a banging soundtrack. It's just it's like a party watching it. Yeah, I don't. I don't even if don't I, you like to party? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I would say even if I, I don't know if I, I would watch it a lot over and over again. But even if I did, I think it would still be an eventually yeah. for me. All right. Well, now we come to the actual movie challenge for our next recently seen episode. So uh, we've kind of gotten in a uh, in a little bit of rut of uh, violence, nudity, and drugs. I don't call that a rut. I call that a hell of a good time. <laughs> and uh, so I think we're going to switch things up a bit. We're going to go the opposite direction with it. And I'm going to challenge you to a movie that many people watched as kids. I didn't watch it until couple years ago for the first time but i thoroughly enjoyed it and it's called chitty chitty bang bang (laughs) child catching sounds like it's pretty dark stuff to me hey no spoilers you know i haven't seen the film but what i do know about it is it's gonna lead me into challenging you to another bond movie after this because they're connected since chitty chitty bang bang screenplay written by ian fleming Book think, is written by Roe Dahl. I think Exchange you got that Roald ba- Dahl. I think you got that backwards. No, I don't think so. Roald Dahl definitely wrote the screenplay. Yeah, it's Roald Dahl screenplay based on Ian Fleming's novel. That's right, Ian Fleming's novel, and then the book, motherfucker, from the book. God, what did Roald Dahl do for him? He did something. Yeah, he wrote uh, "You Only Live Twice." All right. Which is actually you're two away from that because you got Thunderball and then you only live twice. But yeah, it's so. like they kind of uh, exchange services. Chitty chitty bang bang, pretty pretty fun flick. Roll doll gets uh, you know his stuff gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well I'll be looking forward to that. The folks at home could be so kind as to rate, review, or subscribe on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, many other podcast apps that would be greatly appreciated. You can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. And uh, you can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. Now, Brett, where can people get that lovely WTM merchandise? 
you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. Also, that link is in the Twitter profile for both of our accounts. So if you mm-hmm. forget it or want to, you know, just a quick link, check us out on Twitter. Uh, I just put a new design out there Ooh. to commemorate our movie challenge segment. <laughs> It's Mulder versus Wolfie T. It looks like a very tired Mulder <laughs> taking on this Wolfie T. Look like Vince Vaughn. <laughs> hey, I just used this from the source that I stole from your Twitter timeline. <laughs> so you can uh, you can check that out. It's out there. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, etc. Lots of other great designs out there would uh, really help us out, and uh, you get something cool in return. All right. Well, now we will get into spoilers for Buggy Nights. So much stuff happening in that movie. So, did you recognize little Bill's wife? (laughs) (laughs) No comment. The lovely Miss Nina Hartley. <laughs> Quote unquote young in this picture. Ninety <laughs> seven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh man. But uh Shut up, Bill. <laughs> those are some of the funniest scenes when he's just getting cocked. Like, hey dude, can you close the door? That's my wife. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> Get out of here. My wife's over there with an ass in her cock. Did you notice he fumbled that line? Yeah. Just kind of goes with it. I was trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is he saying? He's <laughs> got an ass in her cock. Like, that doesn't, it goes backwards. <laughs> yeah, Bill. Shut up. <laughs> Can't well, imagine being one of those ten dudes that's just standing, like, four feet away from him, just watching, not doing anything. Like, everybody was just <laughs> fucking weird, just creepy and gross. Like on set, people are professional. Yeah, they're just kind of doing their job. Except, well, <laughs> except for Philip Seymour Hoffman once he sees <laughs> Dirk Ziggler in the flesh. He <laughs> about. <laughs> I don't know if he was trying to hide his pants. I I don't know if he was trying to hide being gay, but uh, either that or Dirk Ziggler is. <laughs> well, we know he's gullible and not bright. <laughs> so. Oh man! And then like when he first meets uh, Burt Reynolds's character. Jack Horner, and uh, he's like, yeah, five to see it, ten to watch me jerk off. (laughs) How old are you? 17. What the? He's like, okay, you want to be in pictures? (laughs) 17-year-old piece of gold. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I wanted to get that uh, clip for, like, whenever there's something inappropriate, (laughs) especially with, like, underage people, a 17-year-old piece of gold. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think a Burt good, Reynolds in a creepy voice. I think a good clip would be him yelling at his mom to stop being mean. Yeah. Don't be mean to me. You don't know what I'm going to be or what I'm going to do. I got to ask. This is interesting to me. Now, that scene where he basically leave, runs away from home. Yeah. And the mom is just berating him, calling him stupid and a piece of shit. He's not going to amount to anything. He's dumb. Were you laughing the entire scene or did you feel bad for... You know, Dirk Degler. Uh, the prob- tug of the heartstrings a little bit, or were you just laughing the whole probably time? Probably more laughter. More laughter, yeah. 
It was it was a little over the top. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how I reacted the first time I saw it, but time since it's I guess it struck me more hard. Like, like God, it's so depressing. Like the mom is just like the kid is a dumbass. He is dumb. Right. Hasn't finished high school. Not going to. And he can't even really articulate his feelings. Well, and then he's it's like, almost like he's I got things you don't even know about. Yeah. Which he just it's just his dick. That's the only thing he even knows about. <laughs> How did Jack Horner find out about his dick? Oh, well, I think he just saw that he was a good-looking kid. I see. Oh. He knows how to spot talent. <laughs> I guess so. Well, <laughs> some of that club is the opening shot that's, you know, a couple minutes long, and it's yeah. weaving in and out of the club, and which is all perfectly synchronized with music and all the movements. Well, and then you... Choreographed. You, you meet all the characters there, too, mm-hmm. which... Uh, I guess kind of, you know, you get you know what you're getting into. It's like, oh, there's that character in there. <laughs> yeah. I recognize that yeah. person. One of my favorite openings. But, yeah, he sees him from across the uh, across the way, and then he immediately just follows him into the kitchen. Yeah. Luis Guzman, how'd you like his get-ups? <laughs> he was not uh, afraid to show his body. <laughs> Always he's, trying to get into the movies. He's a Latin lover. Mm-hmm. Luis Guzman. He's when he had the high waisted pants, right, you know, resting on his belly button, basically. <laughs> oh man, well, he's he's like kind of the same in every movie, almost. But <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, what else? And then the colonel's a pedophile, of course. Mm-hmm. So he's one of them. <laughs> well, he kept on bringing you know young girls. I mean, they were like. Probably 19 or 20. Those coke fiends he'd bring to the party. Like that one that OD'd. Yeah. It's the second one in two days. <laughs> Maybe we should get some new stuff. <laughs> yeah. So you think about uh, getting some new shit, huh? <laughs> okay. John C. Riley, just over the top. Just yeah. goofy. Like, I I didn't, I didn't I can't remember what John C. Riley movies I've seen like before he got into comedies. Mm-hmm. But like, I remember when he, when he did Step Brothers, everybody's like, he's never done comedy before. I was like, he kind of did comedy in this movie. So Teledega Nights was before that. Is that the one before? Yeah, maybe that was one of the whatever the one he did with Will Ferrell first. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Jens E. Riley, can he do comedy? It's <laughs> like, did you see Boogie Nights? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but uh, yeah, his character in Boogie Nights. Very reminiscent of his characters in later movies he did with Will Ferrell. (laughs) Just dumb. Okay, so yeah, yes, the tapes, the tapes are are your property. You own them, okay? (laughs) But but the magic on those tapes, that is ours. (laughs) Oh man, what is this? All this YPMP? I don't I don't know this industry (laughs) jargon. Give us the tapes. We can get the record contract. We come back. We pay you the money. <laughs> Did you hear it? It's guaranteed. He's guaranteed to be signed. Our stuff is that good. That was uh, just some of the worst singing. Oh, man. It was bad. <laughs> the, then the engineer's in there. And he's like, oh, God. You think the bass is taken away from the vocals? <laughs> oh, man. I don't think so. Maybe a little. Let's oh, bring the bass down. Man. 
That uh, that donut shop scene was something else. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just a chain of events. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. He's in there in his fucking white suit, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, give right. money for Buck Super. Uh, was it Buck Super Stereo? I think he changed it to like Buck's Super Cool Stereo World. <laughs> Amber Waves getting some legitimate jobs directing a commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad she can't see her kid. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of a a bummer of a storyline, huh? Yeah. And her kid calls the party and uh, asks for her by her real name. Yep. Yeah, what else happened? Uh, what yeah. did you think of uh, Brock Landers' as, uh, hog? Kirk Diggler, Brock Lander, same thing. I don't really care to comment. <laughs> it's, a, it's quite the impressive prosthetic, isn't I, it? I think that's what they call a monster. <laughs> Holy a monster shit. what? I think it touched his knee. <laughs> I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. <laughs> Big, bright, shining star. Yeah, for a while I thought maybe they don't actually show it. Maybe they're just talking about... <laughs> Those early scenes where you could just like see it through his pants and stuff, and then uh, and then they show it. I wonder if uh, Boogie Nights is where like Mac from all of a sudden he gets like his kung fu type moves because <laughs> Mark Wahlberg loves doing it so much, like in front of the mirror. He does that before every scene. <laughs> <laughs> Even did it at the uh, the music studio. Whoa. <laughs> We're going to have to fight. I know karate, man. Oh, man. I knew when uh, at the New Year's Eve party when uh, little Bill saw, caught his wife again. <laughs> the third time. And then he goes out to the car and thinks, this is not, this is going to be a murder-suicide. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely going to Chris Benoit these people. He does not know the clock's about to strike 12. Everyone's counting down, and he is none the wiser. <laughs> I don't think he's thinking clearly. He was... Uh, yeah, he's got a gun. That's yeah. He's going back in there. Malcolm, nineteen eighty. Oh man, these people are not gonna make it to the new year. Yeah, favorite scene definitely is the uh, drug deal gone bad. Yeah, that was uh, a lot of tension in there. Pretty unnerving with all the <laughs> fucking firecrackers. Firecrackers. He got a couple of hopped up junkies. Yeah, and Alfred that- Merlina almost blowing his own head off. Played Russian roulette just with himself. Did everybody do it? No, no, we we don't. We don't dare you to do it. Well, like, why are you still there? Why are you hanging out? Get the fuck out of there. uh, Thomas Jane has to ruin everything. I was confused why his Corvette was smashed. But apparently they cut that scene out where he smashed his Corvette. Uh, Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because when he rolls up, it's kind of like the hood's kind of fucked up. Right, and then when they leave, you can see it's dented in the middle of the the front fender mm. well front bumper not too bright and he's doing a lot of drugs so i can he did a lot of drugs connect the dots there's a lot of drugs in here a lot of cocaine mm. and uh whatever alfred molino was smoking <laughs> yeah, i think that was just that, i guess it'd be crack or heroin almost or meth it might have been meth he had a glass a glass pipe so mm-hmm. i don't know I won't claim to be a drug expert, although I did graduate from D.A.R.E. 
Dare you say? Yeah. Damn. Drug resistance. Uh, no, drug awareness, resistance, and education. So you got like a certificate for that? Probably. It's just been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up? No, it's a it's an interesting movie, uh, but a taboo subject matter. Uh, Did you get the relation they were the parallel they were making between film and VHS and film and digital? Because mid to late nineties was about the time the digital revolution happened. Yeah, it was confusing because uh, I think he even said like they're having like digital projectors in the theaters. Like mm-hmm. that's a weird thing to say in nineteen eighty something. Yeah. So it was kind of uh, making a statement on the current state of film, I guess. Yeah. If it looks like shit and it sounds like shit, (laughs) then it must be shit. (laughs) Was he really the first to do the uh, pick up a stranger on the street and film in the car bit? Film history. (laughs) Well, he didn't because I'm sure they didn't use that footage. That was was a cringy scene when they started kicking his face in, especially with the roller skates. (laughs) That whole part was like... Yeah, that was rough to watch. James Brandy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Dude, dude, we we can't see her. We can't. We can't see her. Dude, I know what I'm doing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you gonna leave me with a heart on? The fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then the the scene where uh, Dirk gets. I mean, he had rock bottom. He's mm-hmm. doing the the jerk off for money in front of dudes again. And then uh, the dude that paid him is like, psych, I just watched you jerk off for 10 minutes, and I'm not gay. This is a hate crime. Here are my friends. Yep. <laughs> Freeze! <laughs> he was like, why did they? Like, why did you wait so long? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a walkie-talkie or a cell phone to like text him like, hey, he's got his dick out. It's, you know, <laughs> Come on over. But it was like, it looked like he was there for like five, ten minutes. Oh, Before his least. friends showed up. It seemed like a long time. And he's like, dude, faster, harder, faster. <laughs> Freeze. And I don't know, maybe his friends just like showed up and uh, just a coincidence. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a weird thing to sit there and watch it for that long if you're planning on just beating the shit out of the guy. Yeah. All right. Well, we will check you later. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you're off my case.